Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. We're back after a couple weeks off. I was sailing out at sea. We did have some fresh content on the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, a full tour of the Neon Boneyard, Area 15, what you need to know, and is it worth the hype? Plus we have some reviews of Nomad, Bally's, and upcoming Bellagio as well. So make sure to check out that at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. You can also watch this entire show, the visuals that go along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. This week, we're talking about Nevada cannabis lounges and the rules that they're going to do. Adele may be coming back to Vegas, but they'll be in a different venue. Plus, Formula One spent an astonishing amount of money on land for their upcoming race. Caesars is marching towards finalizing a sale, we hope, and uh, Vici Properties now owns what seems like the entire strip. We'll talk about all of that, MGM Resorts' future plans, and what they are doing now that they got a little money in the bank. All of that coming up right now. If you like this show, don't forget to subscribe, tell a friend about it. You can find us in any podcast app, just search MTM Vegas. We also have our regular Miles to Memories travel podcast. You can search Miles to Memories in any podcast app. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Let's hit it. So Mark, we're back, and while I was gone, sailing over the Atlantic, Adele came back into the news. Apparently, she's going to make her return to Las Vegas, or oh, I guess she never came to Las Vegas, so is it actually a return? I don't know, but she's coming, but not at Caesars Palace. Are you surprised that she's actually going to do these shows? No, because she'd be broke if she didn't. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't you know? announced it yet, actually, so maybe she still does it. I don't know. Well, who knows? I mean, this is all planned who knows she could go all diva again and, and cancel last minute but I, it was interesting to see it move to planet hollywood supposedly but that's a bigger theater so maybe that was kind of the thing like hey we put all these costs into caesars and now we're losing that so we had we need to sell more tickets to recoup some of that money i don't know if that was part of the deal but it seems uh like hopefully it's back on track she can't afford not to like that would be such a huge lawsuit i think yeah i think you're absolutely right uh, the Coliseum is like 4,100 seats. Uh, the Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood is like 7,000 seats. So that's a lot more seats that they can sell. Uh, the economics probably work better. So I think uh, maybe she's getting more money. It says she's going to have full creative control. Uh, this is sort of a rumor. TMZ covered it, although it seems like it's uh, pretty final. Uh, the show will come back sometime later in the summer, go through the end of the year, and uh, printing the money, no doubt. Because that first... Hopefully she sells more tickets than uh, Chris Angel does. So as I said, I'm back from cruising over the Atlantic. I'll have some kind of cruise ship casino stuff on a future show uh, coming up, but we have so much to catch up on. I did want to say that on the regular Miles to Memories podcast, which you can find at mtmpodcast.com or just search Miles to Memories in any podcast app, I did a whole cruise hacking episode, how to get free cruises, cruise casino matches, kind of the latest stuff with the cruise stuff. And I know a lot of people who like to gamble like to go on cruises. In fact, the Carnival Transatlantic Cruise I was on, Mark, was what they call an elite player cruise. Basically, all of Carnival's whales were on this ship. People were gambling insane amounts of money on the slot machines, like zombies just tapping the thing, earning like, you know, 30, 40,000 points, which is an insane amount. And it makes perfect sense because there was nine sea days. And uh, if you got people trapped at sea and they love to gamble, why wouldn't you want them on the boat? So I got a lot to talk about with that, but uh, we'll get into that in a future show. Let's talk about bodies found in barrels. Uh, a crazy story. Did you see this? That they found a body. From is it? Like the is it really that? Is it that Lake crazy Lake? though? <laughs> yeah, probably. Not. I mean, if that when they bolt, go bulldoze the desert, when you guys expand that far, they're going to find lots of bodies. But yeah, I mean, you don't expect it when you're boating to find a dead body in a in a barrel. 
Um, so that's kind of random. Like, I'm not surprised that there's bodies in the lake, but the fact that they were so shallow that, you know, a boat just pulled up and was like, oh, what's this? And who opens a, a rusty barrel? Like, you know, there's like toxic waste and <laughs> everything else out in the world. It could explode. <laughs> I would not be touching it. Um, but yeah, it, a good story for sure. Like kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, they, maybe they thought there was treasure in there or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like the body was dated, they said, to like the 70s or 80s, maybe, based on the clothing. Um, I thought that Channel 8 did Joe Pesci did it. Joe Pesci yeah, did it. Yeah, it was definitely uh, <laughs> definitely Joe Pesci. But I thought it was really crazy that Channel 8 did a lot of clickbait because they found a second barrel there that was empty, and they made it seem like a second body was found in there in their uh, headlines. So I had only on the cruise ship, I could get Google news, but I could, I couldn't click through to anything. So I could see the headlines. So I like saw the headline. I was like, Oh my God, they found a second body. And then it wasn't, it wasn't true. But uh, yeah, I saw like some, some retired cops are paying like a reward. If you find more, that seems like a weird, like why, <laughs> why, one, why are they putting up the money? And two, do you really want people like snorkeling and scubaing for dead bodies? Like this just seems like next world weird. <laughs> And the police did say they expect more bodies to be found as the lake level drops, uh, which is kind of the reason that this is happening. Uh, this was found in an area called Hemingway, which is actually where I fished when I was a kid. They used to have yeah. this fishing pier there. Uh, well, <laughs> the thing is crazy is where, where when there Hemingway was still flesh from. on the bones, that's when you were yeah, fishing. Exactly. <laughs> well, like where the body was found would have been, you know, dozens of feet of water back then. And this, the shoreline has just receded and receded. And they've had to keep moving the pier out. And they moved the marina there because where the marina used to be, is all dry now so it's really kind of understandable how this is going to happen as it goes down the good news is we keep building deeper and deeper pipes to suck the water out of lake mead so even though uh, it keeps going down we're one step ahead with our big straws so don't worry about yeah it we just keep draining it and draining it uh you know <laughs> on a, like an un unrelated thing i saw an article where they were testing the uh wastewater that runs into lake mead like the treated wastewater and they're finding like all, like traces of uh, higher levels of uh, drugs and stuff in the water. So I don't know what that's going to play long term, if it really means anything. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, you can find, you know, LC, uh, LSD and, and cocaine and stuff. They're finding like trace amounts of that in the water uh, that's going into Lake Mead. So I don't know, maybe the fish are getting high. I don't, I don't know. That's uh, that's crazy. I hadn't seen that. <laughs> Not a surprise, but it's crazy. I mean, that I remember being a kid and people would be afraid to swim in Lake Mead. Um, even though all the water is treated, I swam in there when I was a kid, so I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's like our drinking water supply too. So. <laughs> so, you got you got dead bodies, you got waste wa uh, human waste water and drugs in the water. Yeah, let's go swimming. <laughs> yeah, Viva Las Vegas. All right. So speaking of Viva Las Vegas, we've talked about how the Formula One race is coming, how they're going to do at least three years worth of races. And this week, I don't know if you've seen the coverage mark of like Miami is going to have their Formula One race. It looks pretty incredible. The setup that they have. There, it's sort of this big spectacle. Uh, but in Las Vegas, they bought a piece of land, 39 acres. It's on the corner of Harmon and Koval. It's this sort of abandoned piece of land that's uh, long been, you know, rumored for development. $240 million, Mark, Formula One paid for this land for the paddock, which is basically like the pit and the crew areas or, you know, like the maintenance areas, things like that. You're the economics have to be crazy for this race. $240 million? Yeah, I don't know if they're planning on this being like a long-term thing. They're going to be there a lot, or maybe they think they can flip it in a few years and make money anyway, but that seems crazy. I, I Maybe Formula One is way bigger than I thought, but I don't know. It just seems like it came out of nowhere. You know, Formula One's big overseas, not big in the U.S. Now, all of a sudden, 
everybody's talking about. I don't know if it's that Netflix series that got people interested, but that seems like an insane amount of money to spend. Makes you wonder if they have maybe other development plans for that, like maybe to use it for something else uh, when they're not go kart tracks. Maybe go kart tracks, maybe like a Formula <laughs> One museum, maybe something else. I don't know, but that's a huge amount of money to spend. Uh, obviously, land prices are very high right now in Las Vegas, so there's not any, there's not an absence of risk there uh, either. But uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about land here later in the show. But yeah, it's uh, that was a startling headline to see two hundred forty million dollars. But it's a big commitment, and it probably means that you're going to see this become a tradition in Las Vegas. Hopefully, well beyond the three years, uh, I could see it becoming a huge thing. Uh, I believe next year or in the next year, there's only three races in the United States, Formula One races. So uh, it's going to be, I know what they're going to do. They're going to make a Mario Kart uh, (laughs) casino. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I mean, they they got Super Mario World going into Universal Studios in Hollywood. So build the uh, the casino in Vegas and you can do them both uh, in a weekend. All right. So we should have mixed up this because you brought up the drugs issue. So we should have like switched the stories around. But uh, the next story is about... Nevada cannabis lounges coming closer to being approved. Uh, they're, they're putting up forth the kind of the last provisions and uh, you're not gonna be able to drink in these uh, cannabis lounges. Not a big surprise there, but that's one of the big requirements. They're Ooh. gonna have huge training for like bud tenders, I guess, if we, is that what we call them? I know they call them yeah. that at dispensaries, but uh, you know, the cannabis compliance board is gonna be overseeing it. But basically they're worried about people smoking marijuana then drinking and the kind of combined effects of that which to be fair oh, are, okay uh, so they're going to smoke weed and then go out to the bar right next door and well <laughs> maybe they won't let it be within a certain distance but i mean yeah, yeah you can't i mean i can see this you, you can't really control people but you don't want to be giving them the same thing in the same place i guess no nope. it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind it's kind of like no table games at a strip club i guess i don't know i don't know <laughs> well the uh, the all nude strip clubs in vegas you can't you can't have alcohol, right? So that's uh, that's a thing. Where as if it's just topless, you can have alcohol. As in, I never got that one. That's a sort of a crazy that rule. that small uh, panty liner makes all the difference. Although you know, I got married young, so my bachelor uh, party was at uh, was at a fully nude strip club because I was able to go because it was only eighteen. So I guess the, the law worked in my favor uh, back then. Uh, but I won't say which strip club it was, but it was the one. Right off the freeway, the very was it Little Darlings? Sign. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> darn you, Mark! How do you even know that? All right, because right, I know that's so. a, a fully nude one. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's the only fully nude one I know. I think there's others, but uh, yeah, it's like a yeah, chain too. I think it's like across the country. So that's that's why well, I guessed it. Now the whole world knows way too much information about my uh, where I had my bachelor's <laughs> party when I was when I was 18 years old. All right, so. The next story is Caesars. They, you know, the last time they did their earnings in the first quarter, the, the their CEO said, "The next time you hear from me, I'm going to announce a sale." Well, the sale didn't happen. So, in their earnings call uh, just this last week, he said, "You know, they're coming along, and by summer they will have the sale." He made some interesting kind of things, saying that one of the things that's kind of guiding this is Vici Properties having a right of first refusal on the first two properties that they sell, and the four properties that Vici has a contract with would be. Flamingo, Bally's, Paris, and Planet Hollywood. So we know that the sale is gonna be one of those four. And we've talked you know, on this show quite a few times about the different rumors. But then there was another article saying that they're shopping Flamingo for about a billion dollars. I read another article that said it probably isn't the Flamingo. So I think Wall Street is all over the place with this, but they seem to have a buyer that they're marching towards uh, making a sale. 
What's your guess at this point? I I I don't know. I'm so confused. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bally's doesn't seem like a a, a legit option because they're they're renaming it and going through all that cost. And then Paris is pretty closely linked to Bally's, so that would be kind of weird to have two you know competing casinos kind of connected. So Flamingo, I don't know. That's kind of like you know a throwback, and it's sandwiched between their properties. So Planet Hollywood still makes the most sense of where it sits in their their length of casinos, as well as being, I would think, the most, you know, desirable uh, location, or not, not location, but like design and everything. It's, you know, kind of the cooler, trendier one. Um, so I don't know. I, don't, I guess it all depends on which ones do the, are the busiest and stuff. I wouldn't think somebody would really want the Flamingo because it's, you know, it needs a lot of rehab. Yeah, one of the points I, I read through, I don't remember which article it was, was that Planet Hollywood is attractive because it has the Zappos Theater that we talked about with Adele coming there and Caesars wants to keep that. And that makes a lot of sense because it's not just Adele. They've had most of their huge residencies at that theater, you know, people like Christina Aguilera, uh, things like that. So uh, Shania Twain, I think there's been so many over the years. Uh, yeah, but plus, yeah, so plus you have the mall attached and you have the yeah. uh, the Westgate behind it, you know, so you have a lot of things funneling into Planet Hollywood. So it seems like it'd be desirable, but I don't know. That's been the rumor forever and it hasn't sold. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other thing with Paris is that the Paris and Bally share a parking garage. So that would make it tough. You know, Bally's being rebranded a horseshoe. So that doesn't make any sense. Flamingo really is the one that makes the most sense. But then it's also on the link promenade. So again, just dump Paris. That's that's Mark's. Uh, that's Mark's. Yes, opinion, please but... get rid of that garbage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now, they did also say that hotel occupancy trends are heading in the right direction. Occupancy was like 75% in January, uh, 81% in February, 91% in March. Uh, I want to give credit to Mark Meltzer. Uh, I saw him cover that uh, from the earnings call. So uh, April, they said, is looking even better. So it's very strong occupancy for the Strip and, and these companies in general. So that's good to see. And I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to see who they sell it to, but Let's talk about Vici Properties because they closed. Now, this is, again, this is like the craziness that's Las Vegas. The operations of casinos are now different than who owns the land of casinos. And a few years ago, both MGM Resorts and uh, Caesars spun off kind of real estate investment trusts. Vici Properties was Caesars spinoff. MGM Growth Properties was MGM spinoff. And then Vici, the big monster, gobbled up MGM and they uh, they closed on that sale. So now they own like so much of the strip in fact they own so much of the strip that they're going to be collecting over a billion dollars a year in rent just off las vegas strip properties they also own the the land under the venetian uh, so many of the caesar's properties so many of the mgm's properties it's sort of insane yeah it's really weird you know a billion sounds like a lot but think about how much they've paid for all these properties you know your, your return on investment is going to take a while and they keep buying so I don't know what the plan is. Maybe they just think, you know, value is going to keep going up because uh, the rents are great, but it doesn't seem like it's that much compared to the investment that they're putting in. But, you know, they're priced smarter than me. At least I hope. All right. So I, I was reading this uh, on Wikipedia and it just blows my mind. So I'm not going to read every single one, but here's some of the properties that they leased to Caesars Entertainment. Caesars Atlantic City, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Harris Atlantic City, uh, about seven or eight regional Harrah's, uh, Harrah's Lake Tahoe, Las Vegas, uh, in Laughlin as well, uh, the one in New Orleans, um, Harvey's Lake, all the Lake Tahoe properties, 
the Horseshoe Properties, things like that. Then MGM Grand, they have Beau Rivage in Biloxi, Borgata, Excalibur, Luxor, Mandalay Bay, MGM Grands in Detroit, Las Vegas National Harbor uh, in Massachusetts outside Boston, uh, the Mirage, which, which is getting sold, New York, New York, Park MGM, like, so that, that's just an insane amount of, of casinos. And it's like the whole industry has changed because they have different operators. By the way, they own another like 15, 16 casinos that are leased out to other operators that are not those two and uh, golf courses and other things like that. So yeah, this is a huge company. They're the biggest player. In fact, they are the largest owner of hotel and conference real estate in America now, according to them in their, uh, their CEO. So yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Now the WeWork, the WeWork of hotels. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I mean, yeah, it's it's insane. Now MGM Resorts did make a, like over four billion dollars from this deal from the MGM Growth Properties getting bought, which they're going to use, you know, to close on their sale of Cosmo, which is expected to happen imminently, like in the next month. Also, they are starting construction on their resort in Osaka, and then they also made a. Did you see this? A offer like six hundred plus million for Leo Vegas, which is this like online betting site from the Nordic region. So they're kind of expanding online uh, gambling into uh, Europe. Which is, you know, the opposite of what we've seen with Caesars when they kind of split off the the Europe section. Um, so it, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like these, these apps are making money right now. Like, you know, we've seen DraftKings stock just tank over the last year or so, and they've just been giving away all these freebies to try to get people to sign up and, and to use their app. And just the competition there, even though the costs are a lot lower than a physical casino because you don't have to pay people to, to be doing everything every day and cleaning and all that stuff. But it just seems like they, you know, that they're looking to grow is a bit surprising to me. Um, uh, you know, maybe they're maybe bet MGM is doing a better job of maintaining costs versus these other players. But it, you know, I'm kind of, I was surprised. Yeah. DraftKings has gotten killed. Their stock has gotten absolutely obliterated as their profits have uh, shrunk and obviously that's going to have an effect on how they approach bonuses and uh, we've talked about how lucrative it can be for some people for different bet bonuses and new signups things like that so uh hopefully that doesn't end soon but it probably will yeah but uh, it seems like online betting is just like exploding and i think that this this just kind of shows you how the whole gaming industry has changed because you have the operator side you have the landowner side you know, moving into online with sports betting just really taking off astronomically. And it's a global business now, uh, you know, not just the United States. So uh, there's a lot of players that want to dominate. And I think MGM is at the top of the list. They want to be a global superpower when it comes to gaming. And uh, yeah, it seems it seem, like they're on their way. Doesn't it seem like they're sacrificing their future, though, selling the land out from underneath themselves to get more cash, to buy more things and expand. But Yet you're you're paying rent. You lost your most valuable asset, which is the land, and you're paying rent for like life now uh, to operate these things. It just seems like a shoddy business. <laughs> it reminds me, like I grew, you know, uh, in college I worked for Kmart, and they signed a lease, you know, where I was working because it was three thousand dollars a month. They signed like a thirty year lease, which was super cheap. But as soon as that lease came up, it was thirty k a month, forty k a month. They couldn't afford it anymore. Well, if you had invested all that money in buying your own building. You know, you wouldn't have had to close the store once the lease came up. I feel like that this is where that could be going, you know, at one point. So Mark just called uh, MGM the, the yep, Kmart, the Kmart. Of, uh, of the gaming industry. We, As we, we like to see. call it, came apart. There we go. All right. <laughs> well, let us know, like, in the comments what you guys think about this. If your head is spinning, I'll put some links in the description so you can kind of follow on who owns what and what's going on where. 
but yeah, it's very interesting as everything gets cross-pollinated. The one good side effect, and we've talked about this before, is now we're getting new operators coming in because the land is all being consolidated behind these huge companies, but uh, they're having new operators come in and run the casinos in some cases. So that's good, hopefully. Uh, we have Rios changing hands, or it already changed hands, but Caesars is gonna be giving that up, I think, at the end of this year. Uh, of course, we know Mirage uh, is uh, changing to Hard Rock and, you know, Bally's uh, owns Tropicana and uh, there's several others. Uh, so there's a lot more changes coming and we'll uh, keep you guys updated, but let us know what you think of it. Another change that's been proposed, Mark, is I think this is actually a good idea. Uh, they're, they want to make the pedestrian bridges into crosswalks. In other words, like if you're in a crosswalk, right, you can't just stop in the middle of the crosswalk and loiter because uh, cars are going to hit you so you get a ticket or whatever uh, so they want to make the the bridges like that because there's so much crime up there and the police aren't up there to be able to like see it so basically they just want to make it so people have to keep walking and not stop that'll probably stop but, you know the, but, the panhandlers and the uh, music but if there's if there's no musicians. police up there now how are they going to be up there then like it's just yeah. it's just you know it's it's fake, I guess. Like, yeah, you yeah. can say it, but unless you're enforcing it, it doesn't matter. And are you going to have cops walking a beat of all these crosswalks to give people loitering tickets? Like, mm, I don't think it's going to happen. They need to hire a, like a, a hall monitor. <laughs> yeah, so, like I don't know. It just maybe just go in there and just have somebody walk through and make sure that they're not sitting there panhandling and and those people aren't trying to get people to take pictures with them. Like, run that out. Yeah. I don't think the tourists are like hanging out all that much and just standing there. Yeah. No, I, and I think maybe this is a mechanism for them to be able to enforce those sorts of things with some of the homeless people. And, and not only that, because I think the homeless people in large part are, are fine there, and I don't think that they're doing anything, but there are you know, some elements of crime. There are pickpockets there, uh, things like that. So kind of just to keep those types of people from staying on the bridge and kind of doing it, because tourists are probably walking as it is anyway, and I doubt they care if you stop for a second and take a picture. Uh, you know, you can get some nice views up the strip from there, so... I don't know, but it, it seems like that's the case. I know I, I, this was a couple weeks ago uh, during the draft, but I know one of the county commissioners said that they should just shut off all vehicle traffic on the strip, which would be a terrible, terrible idea. Like that person should be, uh, I don't know, they should lose their job because <laughs> it would just create such gridlock. I mean, I mean it's a great it idea be, in theory, but. It would be cool if you had, you know, the the ability to do it. Like if you had streets around that could handle the traffic, it would be amazing, you know, similar to what Fremont Street is, but. The fact that the traffic is already horrible, uh, you know, that's not going to change anything. You'd have to build that infrastructure first, and then you could discuss it. But to just do it would be, you know, terrible. It'd be like F1 race every weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or the draft. So, uh, you know, and the draft, uh, anecdotally, I, I think I saw Vital Vegas say it said it didn't bring in a lot of money for the city. Like the casinos were empty. So I don't know how that was, but it, it did seem like it went off fairly well as far as logistically anyway. Uh, time will tell if it was a success. Yeah, that's kind of like, you know, we have a thing around here called the Woodward Dream Cruise where all these cars come, old cars come in from all over the country and they ride up and down. There's, you know, 100,000 people come to sit and watch the cars go by, but none of them spend any money. They just sit out front and leave all their trash and bring their own stuff. <laughs> so it's horrible. I hate it. Um, so I assume that the draft is similar to that. And I know it wasn't on the show list, but John Ryan went over to the Palms opening weekend and was there on a Saturday at one, and he said it was pretty dead. He did a good write-up on the site about it, uh, took pictures of some things, talked about the the food options they have and everything, and it still looks beautiful, but I was kind of surprised how empty it was. I know it was like draft weekend, so they might have been over there, but I would expect it to be pretty full, you know, the day or two after opening. 
Yeah, there was a lot of hype for it and uh, people seem to be enjoying it. Like I said, it was mostly renovated before it closed. So uh, it was a beautiful property as it was. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. That's a good reminder on milestomemories.com. We do cover Las Vegas. And actually, if you just want to see our Vegas stuff, you can head to mtmvegas.com and that will show you just the Las Vegas stuff on our site. That's uh, these videos, our podcasts, and, uh, and all of our posts about Las Vegas. So mtmvegas.com. If you want to see kind of our write-ups, hotel reviews, we have a ton of reviews uh, from Resorts World, uh, Encore, uh, all kinds of stuff uh, about Las Vegas in the last couple of weeks. A lot of news. So Make sure you're checking that out as well in between these shows. And Mark, I, I want to end on a fun note, I suppose. Were you invited to the new Sand Dollar opening at uh, Plaza? I'd never got my invite, even though I'm all the way here in Spain. But, <laughs> but apparently no, some not. people did. I thought it was open, you know, because all the coverage yeah. on Twitter showed like a bar and everything. And it looks cool. You know, the chairs look a little bit like a, a bingo hall setup. But other than that, <laughs> like the, the space looks cool. I love whenever they have like a mystery beer beer dispenser machine we have those around here and it's always fun you know you, it's a little bit cheaper and you don't know what you're going to get so i like that um it looks like a cool vibe cool setup um you know something you know plaza to bring people back into the plaza uh but yeah it was just weird that nobody mentioned that it wasn't open until like later this month yeah so yeah may 26th it's going to open sand dollar is sort of a famous bar here i have never been I think I saw it on an episode of Bar Rescue, though, way back in the day. John Taffer rescued it, but it was off of Spring Mountain. I think it's still open, but this is going to be the downtown version of that. Uh, I feel like I should know more about it, but I don't. But uh, yeah, some influencers got uh, the preview there. There was like a party with a band. It looked pretty cool, so I'll throw up some video from, uh, from those people and you know, wishing them well. That space at the plaza where this is, uh, if you're kind of walking you know, towards uh, south, kind of towards where the old bus station was on the inside. Uh, that was, they really struggled to find a good use for this space. I know it was a comedy club for a little bit, um, some other uses over the years. This looks like the best use in a long time. So wishing them well with that. It's not the, it's not the easiest hotel to navigate or a casino yeah. to navigate either. It's kind of, it's, it's weird. So it might take you a bit. Like it took me a while to find, it was almost like secret pizza. When we were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, well, and that, that entrance is closed where the pizza place is. It's, not, it's yeah. right near where the pizza place is. Uh, so that's where Sam Dollar will be uh, kind of just across from there. If you, and, if you like the old school smell of a casino, you'll love Plaza. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, let us know what you guys think about anything we talked about. Adele coming to Vegas, the crazy ownership situation in the city. $240 million for a Formula One pad of uh, land just to put some cars in the garage or something like that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm going to trigger all the Formula One fans out there. I think it's incredible, but let us know what you guys think. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We'll talk to you guys in the comments. Thanks so much for watching. Bye. See you next time.